Hey everyone, and welcome to Southern Catholic. This is episode four of season one. I'm Tracy Dillon, and I will be your host. So before we get started today, I wanted to say one thing really quickly about really the purpose of this podcast. So I know there's lots of podcasts on there, lots of platforms, but really the purpose of this podcast is to draw the listener, which is you, closer to Jesus Christ. Now, if, if for some reason you get some education on Christianity, Catholicism, Scripture, that would be awesome too. But my prayer for this podcast is really that you grow in your relationship with Jesus Christ. So that would be really awesome in some little way or small way or big way too. Um, that is really the goal of this podcast. So I just wanted to get that out there. So I pray that that happens um, in some way to you, the listener of this podcast. So let's get started. Today's topic is why do Catholics go to Mass every single Sunday, even when they're out of town? And I know that may sound kind of strange, but we do get that, that question asked even um, when we're out of town on vacation or if we're at a travel ball tournament, we're usually looking for a Catholic church to go to Mass to on Sundays. And so people ask us that, like, why do y'all feel like you have to go to church? And we want to talk about that. Like, why do we feel that way? Um, hopefully it's more than just an obligation. But we do want to talk about that and why we don't think that it's strange to go to other churches and other towns and talk about how the Catholic Church is very universal. So I have my very first guest on the show today. I will um, introduce her. It's Melissa Davignon. Welcome, Melissa. Thanks, Tracy. I'm so glad to be your first guest. Yeah, so tell us a little bit about yourself and your beautiful family. Well, my name is Melissa, and I'm married to Phil. He is a professor of sociology and family studies. We have Four precious kids, ages seven, five, three, and one. So we have pretty busy days and nights. Right. <laughs> uh, they are a delight, though. We, my husband and I, are both cradle Catholics. The Catholic faith has been incredibly important to both of us uh, for our whole lives, and for me especially, just with a beautiful conversion experience and deepening of my faith in high school. And truly, I've just been on fire with the Lord ever since. Um. It is truly our desire to build a family culture around Christ and and to be transformed by the beautiful gift of the Eucharist in a way that that flows out into all that we do as a family and as individuals. And so it's a privilege to especially speak with you on the topic that you've got for today. Well, thanks. Well, it definitely shows in the way that you live your life, um, the way that you present yourself at the church and in your work it's just beautiful to watch and you can definitely tell that the Holy Spirit is is in your heart for sure so it's a pleasure to have you on here so you grew up in the south you grew up in Texas is that correct yes yeah which I've learned moving to West Tennessee that it's not quite as south as West Tennessee <laughs> <laughs> but yes I, I, in, in Texas that's yeah. correct yeah so and you've obviously cradle Catholic so you've been to you know you kind of know what it's like to grow up um, in the South as a Catholic. And so you've been to Mass all, you know, um, every Sunday and, and had all these questions asked, um, I'm sure. So what is your take on the, you know, like the Catholic Church as being universal and, and how, that, how that looks as far as going to different churches um, when you're on vacation and things like that? 
Sure. Well, attending Mass on Sundays every week is absolutely a priority for our family and, and was before my husband and, he, and I were married. Um, that was always important to us. And so um, even even with getting all the shoes and socks and clothes and things together <laughs> for all the little people in our home, regardless of where we are and what we're doing, if it's one, if, if there is only one thing that we are able to do on Sunday, we will be going to Mass. And so that, that holds true if my husband's at a conference, that holds true if we are traveling abroad. And so the gift of the universality of the Catholic Church is just so very potent in this because we've traveled to, for example, Italy, Belgium, the Netherlands, Amsterdam with our kids, and we get to bring them to Mass and even when they don't know the language, they know what's happening. And they recognize the Eucharist. And they recognize the word of God being proclaimed, even if it's, again, not in their native tongue. And so, one, it's beautiful to participate in something that can, can meet you wherever you are, uh, truly, in this, in this world. Um, and that there's a sense of, hospitality, spiritual hospitality in that, the familiarity, the ability to follow the rhythm of the mass, uh, the ability to even completely out of, you know, thousands of miles from home, knowing that you can be really grounded in the mass because it truly is a place that you can go to anywhere and know exactly what the purpose is to see, um, see all of that unfold before you in a way that that you truly know that you're meeting Christ here, just as you met Christ, uh, you know, in your hometown and, and where your primary parish is. Yeah, I think that's beautiful. And I think, like you said, I, I always have felt at home, no matter what church I go to. Like, that is just home for me. And I think a lot of Catholics feel that way. We don't think it's strange to go into a Catholic church wherever we are. And I think a lot of Protestants... Um, they, do, they didn't realize that we have the same readings across the board in every Catholic church that you go to. Um, we, we go by a calendar, a liturgical calendar, where um, that's set by the church um, for three years, and that, that we, we here in our parish have the same readings today as the parish does across um, the world, really, um, that we, we all have the same readings every single day. And it's the same mass said. So it is a beautiful way that we can all be connected in the universal church. And so, yeah, I think it's a very um, comforting feeling to know that you can go anywhere and participate in the mass um, wherever you are. And so, but talk a little bit about um, how you feel about the obligation <laughs> compared to our desire, our true desire of wanting to be at Mass? Sure, it's a good question and I think relevant for so many. And for anyone that does have children, that question comes up pretty often from the time that they, you know, get out of bed and say, I just, I don't feel like going to Mass today. Why do we have to go every week? And that's a question that, you know, we will bump into a lot in, you know, for our own selves being able to answer that and then, of course, to others in our lives that have that question. So as far as the obligation, I mean, I think so much, there's there's a sense of, one, there is a sense of obedience. You know, we are commanded uh, to keep holy the Sabbath. 
So we know that obedience and duty, um, even just if it only stood on that, it's a response to God's call in our life to do this. And so there's certainly that command. And then beyond that, um, actually touching a little bit farther on that command, I mean, if we think about all that we've been given is from is from our creator. And, and just in a sense of rightness, it is right that we would worship him, that we'd give him all of our worship. And this is one day a week on Sunday, you know, for an hour, maybe an hour and 15 minutes, depending on the homilist. And uh, so, so as far as obligation, truly in a rightness, that this is something that we do truly owe, owe our Lord. And that ultimately it's not about feeling it. It's not about do I, do I feel something special when I'm at Mass? Do I get something from Mass? Because if, if our attendance there is actually about being able to participate and give him all of our worship, then we're really not looking for what is he doing for me. And so with that kind of posture of, of giving ourselves in Mass and receiving him in Mass, I think that we start to move away from that language of obligation and start to move toward a language of desire and a mentality that is um, often seen among RCIA folks that are, you know, just being confirmed in the church or entering the church when they say, wow, this Eucharist thing, I can't get over how amazing it is. I can't wait to get to Mass again. And, and you start having people that are going to daily Mass and they can barely wait till the next day that they get to receive Christ in the Eucharist. So, so do I, you know, really seeing that shift from a sense of obedience to a sense of, of true desire and appetite for our Lord. Yeah, I think, um, I agree. I think for a long time, being cradle Catholic myself, I just was in the habit of going to mass, you know, and, um, I was one of those good Catholics. I, I say that a lot, but I was checking off the boxes. I talked about this last week and, I got in a habit of going to Mass because that's what I needed to do and I was supposed to do. And, um, yes, yeah, some Sundays I would get more out of it than I would others. Um, but I really realized, really after my conversion back in 2020, how much I was truly missing in Mass because I wasn't a participant. I was just there, like you said, a lot of Sundays to check it off my checklist and to receive communion and go home. And so once I truly, thank God, by the grace of the Holy Spirit, opened my heart to, to realize what God wanted, wanted me to receive and what I was there to give back to the Lord, um, during Mass, it completely changed um, my desire, one, my desire to go to Mass, and it changed um, that hour that I was in Mass. It changed my whole, um, the whole hour, the whole time that I was in Mass, it changed my heart and my mind when I was there. I, I am completely focused on the Lord during that time. When before, I would be focused on who's there, what's going on, what, what is my kid doing, what, what's going on afterwards. You know, there's a lot of distractions. And, and not that, um, that that's not there, but now when you realize 
oh my goodness, this is the Lord Jesus Christ right there on the altar giving me his life, his sacrifice, and I am there to give him everything that I have. In this one hour, it is boiled down to one hour a week. This is important, y'all. Like, this is this is important. And, um, yeah, it has just changed my life to make that conversion of how important the Mass is and why I am truly there. And um, that we talked about it a little bit before, but that giving and receiving during the Mass and not just being there and expecting the, the priest or the, um, the people doing the music to give me some entertainment for an hour, right? We hear that a lot. True. <clears throat> I think that question of really asking ourselves, whom am I here to meet? Because we could say, oh, well, it's, you know, my friends that I'm so familiar with. It's my priest. I'm here to, you know, make sure that I see this friend, that friend. But truly, if we walk into Mass with eyes to see the one who is coming to meet us, to see Christ, then it, it shifts things up. Suddenly, the, the focus goes to this sense of awareness around, wow, here's Christ present in, in the Eucharist, yes, but also in the word of God being proclaimed, there he is. And then in the body gathered, truly, all those present are the body of Christ, members of the body of Christ. So you look around and you're actually seeing God in your midst in the presence of the people gathered. But then also in the person, the priest standing in persona Christi. And so we have, I mean, that's four aspects that are revealed to us of God. And then just just at, at every Mass, and, and we're actually a part of that. Um, you know, where two or more are gathered in my name, there am I. Well, here we are as a body gathered to receive the body of Christ while hearing the word of God proclaimed and um, celebrated by a priest standing in persona Christi. So talk about knowing who you're meeting and then seeing him everywhere. And so suddenly these, these little distractions, they, they can start to melt away. And I think if someone is, it's, it's similar to, I think, an analogy of, you know, uh, once, a, once a year or every couple years getting together at a distant relative's house. Well, you're not going to be as comfortable walking in there as maybe your best friend's house that you walk into with your pajamas on, you know, um, when they just say, hey, can you stop by? I need, you know, I need a hand with something. Or, hey, can we talk about something? So the difference in a frequent meeting and, and then, you know, a once, once a, you know, in every blue moon kind of meeting and the sense of familiarity, closeness, comfort that we can have in the regularity of being with someone. And so I, I just think about how beautiful it is that we have the gift of being, one, being able to come to Mass weekly, but even the opportunity to come daily. And, and that the more we are in the presence of the Eucharist, the more we're going to just have that familiarity with the Lord and that comfort to just listen to him, to sit at his feet, and to really tell him what's on our heart and to be ready for that. And I think suddenly those distractions 
really, really fade to the background. If I'm ready to have, if I need to have a conversation with my best friend, you better bet that there's a lot of things that aren't going to keep me from that. Right. Like we need to talk. <laughs> Let's right. have a conversation. And so the priorities shifting up, I think, can really, um, can really have a profound experience on one's um, spiritual engagement at mass. Yeah, I, I think so too. And I and I do feel when I'm at when I'm coming into the church for mass, especially or going into um, adoration, Eucharistic adoration, I feel the most at home. Like, I'm like, oh, I can finally relax, and I know I'm in the presence of God. Like, my my good father, like, I just feel like I'm there, and I can rest in him, and I can let everything else go, and he is just there, and he's waiting for me. I feel like he is waiting for us to let go of all of those things and be in his presence. And that's where I feel definitely the most at home for a lot of reasons, I think. That he is that good father waiting for us to come home to him. And and we, we if we can let go of all those distractions, um, I think it's um, we can find that beautiful place of rest. Absolutely. The comment that you made at the beginning about the purpose of your podcast, I think is, is just so profoundly beautiful. When you said, hey, this isn't as much about book knowledge. This isn't as much about uh, catechesis, which is very important right. and certainly vital in, in the, the life of a Christian. But, but when you really say this is about an opportunity that I want to take that I feel, you've really said, you feel led to do this. You know, the opportunity that you feel led to to help others draw close to Christ, that that is, that is your heart cry, and that's where you feel the Spirit's leading you. I think what, what more profound um, opportunity do we have to draw near to the Lord than Him present before us in the Eucharist, receiving Him into our body, and then just being with Him in adoration, and, you know, for your listeners, if it's if, if you're someone who has some discomfort at Mass, maybe you're new to Mass, maybe you haven't gone to Mass frequently or regularly, or maybe you have and just haven't felt engaged, um, do know that, that through the Holy Spirit, you know, the Lord is, he will, he will soften your heart. He will increase your capacity for him and honor your um, response to him in a way that um, is life-changing. I know that you had an experience with someone talking to you about, it's going to change your life right. when you go to adoration. And, and I think that is, cannot, be, cannot be overstated. Um, so. Yeah, I, I completely agree. Yeah, <coughs> we just have to be open to that. You know, we have to be open to receiving what the Lord has to offer us. Mm -hmm. um, we have to, it is an emptying of ourselves. And um, every time we're at Mass and even in adoration, just that, um, that opening, being open to receiving um, what all, whatever, the, whatever it is that the Lord has to, to give us. Um, because He is there um, to, to give us all that he has and we have to just be open to receive that um, but let's talk a little bit about that spiritual capacity 
um, we've talked about before. Um, but just being, again, being open to that and the repetitiveness of, of going to Mass and how that opens us up from, for receiving more. Sure. I think that our desires, whether or not we acknowledge it as a choice, uh, we do choose how we spend our time. We choose the things that we invest our thought and our effort and our resources into in a way that we become, we, we, we become uh, consumers of that. We start to build an appetite for that. And I think it, there can be very clear things like, you know, sports se- when we start getting into football season, suddenly we can spend a lot of time tracking those teams, going to those games, enjoying them, um, a lot of time and resources and energy. It doesn't feel like a chore because, woo, this is fun stuff. And um, I, think, I think how incredible it would be to have that same experience from a spiritual perspective with regard to attending Mass and how as we continue to draw close to the Lord um, and as we continue to receive him, we have the opportunity to, to have our appetite grow for him, to increase our spiritual capacity. So if we're just nibbling a little bit every now and then on the word, if we're just occasionally receiving the Eucharist, maybe you know a couple times a year, then sure, we have a little bit of an awareness of what that feels like, looks like, tastes like. But it's kind of like the occasional uh, piece of broccoli, you know, for maybe one of my kids, if they're not fans of broccoli, that they'll tolerate it. But that's not their go-to. And that's not what they're, they're, um, that's not what they're basing their nourishment on. But if it's something that you're doing on a regular basis, and you begin to develop an appetite for it, suddenly that becomes the source. That becomes the foundation of your spiritual nourishment and your life nourishment. And I think about how, you know, I imagine when we go to heaven that God is going to pour into us as much as we can receive of him. And I imagine, you know, as we begin our faith journeys, we've got this this like tiny little thimble and we're like holding it up to the Lord and we say, fill me up, Lord, and he'll fill us up. That, that little thimble fills up quickly. I think as we continue to grow in our spiritual appetite through participation in the Mass, reception of the Eucharist, time in the Word, prayer, adoration, and so many other things, suddenly that little thimble is growing larger and larger and larger. And suddenly we have this massive, I don't know, tub or bowl that we're like holding up and can barely hold above our heads. And we're like, fill me up, Lord. And he will. He will honor that. And he will fill us as much as we can receive of him. So I think of our time here on earth as this opportunity to really open ourselves to receiving him and putting ourselves into a posture that um, makes us most available to all the goodness that he has for us. And as we continue to do that over time, I just imagine our spirits grow larger and larger in their capacity to receive him and our our appetites are you know we're chasing him at that point right and and how wonderful to think of of being with him eternally and being filled up to the brim uh, in ways that on earth 
we began to have such an appetite for um, that heaven isn't, I mean, heaven will, I can't imagine what heaven will be like. <laughs> so it will be, I mean, probably shocking in many ways um, because we cannot fathom the, the depths nor heights uh, nor breadth of, of God. But, but to know that um, we have really turned ourselves over to him and, and allowed him to work in a way that, that we just, oof, we just so deeply want him. Right. And that we're prepared for that. You know, mm-hmm. if we don't prepare down here for that, you know, how are we going to be able to receive all that he has once we get there? So, yeah, like fill me up. Like I can't, like you said, we, once we get that taste, we can't get enough. Like we just want more and more, like keep filling me up. And I feel like, um, yeah, it is, it is that, um, that appetite, once we taste it and we keep coming back, that we want more and more of it. Um, but if we only come and taste every now and then, we're like, ah, I, I mean, is it really that good? Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know. Um, and I feel like um, we kind of miss some of that. Um, we won't go into depth about this, but we're fixing to wrap it up. But with COVID, how some people got out of the habit of coming to Mass, and you realize that, like, People or some people got out of the habit like, oh, did I really, I could just watch it on, on YouTube. Well, they lost that appetite because they weren't getting it. And then when they came back, they're like, oh my gosh, yes, I needed that. Um, I think it is, you realize how much you truly need it. Um, and sometimes you don't realize it until you can't. Um, but yeah, it is, it is something we have to continually partake in to be fulfilled. Absolutely. I think about how so many this season are receiving their first communion and how I had the incredible privilege of having my oldest go through uh, this past weekend to receive uh, Eucharist for the first time and how there was this this beautiful sense uh, that she truly acknowledged of receiving her bridegroom in the Eucharist. And the preparation and the joy and the excitement. And for me, seeing my child, the first of my children to receive Eucharist, uh, seeing her respond to our Lord and to, to desire him in such a way, spiritually for me, felt more exciting than my actual wedding day. <laughs> and when she received, I thought, oh, I'm just going to be like I am at every other friend's kids first communion I'm just gonna be a little puddle on the ground crying and trying to snap a couple pictures for my friend to share with them of this special day but my experience was actually completely different in that as she received I suddenly had this profound peace and joy and quietness and I really felt the Lord saying I'll care for her and I and I thought this this is this is a, a trajectory changer mm-hmm. in the lives of our children and truly in our own lives <clears throat> as adults that that when we carry Christ within us uh, and we are tabernacles out in the world, what a gift that is and how truly truly transformative that is. Yeah, that's beautiful. Yeah, I love that. It's a beautiful way to to see that and to see that especially in your own child. Um, I think that's such a gift. Come Holy Spirit. That's right. (laughs) All right. Well, we're going to wrap it up on that beautiful note.
So thank you so much, Melissa, for joining me. Such um, a pleasure to be here. Yeah, it's been such a great talk. You're always so easy to talk to. You have such a beautiful spirit about you. The Holy Spirit just flows out. Um, so thank you so much. Thank you. All right. So until next time, we will see y'all next Thursday. And welcome home to Southern Catholic. Hey, everyone, and welcome to Southern Catholic. This is episode five of season one. I'm Tracy Dillon, and I'm going to be your host today. So when this is being released, it is the middle of May, and it is a very busy time <laughs> for everybody, I think. If, especially if you have kiddos, you know, trying to make it through the end of the school year, trying to do all the things, make all the performances, all the ceremonies, doing all the activities, just trying to make it to summertime. It is very exhausting. So, I know some people call it May-cember, like it is the busiest month um, short of December. So, I know, just bear with me. I know we can make it. We can make it through May. Um, but I think it's an appropriate time to talk about trying to find peace in the chaos um, because it's, it's difficult. And I know that sounds like, yeah, that would be great, Tracy, to find some peace right now. But I have way too much to do. <clears throat> and I get it. Like, it is so busy right now and there's always things to do like I always say that like oh it'll be great when things slow down and then <laughs> that never happens right um, so we're going to talk about that how to really stay focused and centered when things in your life are chaotic because for most of us that is always going to happen there's always going to be external factors in our lives that, distra that distract us that cause us chaos in some form or fashion. And so how to keep us grounded. And sometimes we really just have to take a break. We have to take a break and focus, whether that's um, going to a quiet room, whether that's stopping by church and going to adoration, um, whether it's stopping and going to mass during the week, whatever that is, um, stopping in, into a parking lot, um, while you're driving and taking a moment by yourself. I know some of my best therapy is sitting in my driveway in my car by myself. Am I right? Just sitting there with nothing going on and being in my car. Maybe I'm listening to music. Maybe I'm praying. Maybe I'm crying. Maybe I'm laughing. Maybe I'm just sitting in some peace and quiet in my car in the driveway or in a random parking lot somewhere. Um, but just to slow down and regroup. Um, I did this this week. I was um, very overwhelmed, had a lot going on, and I thought, you know what? I really need to go pray. And I was going to go to adoration, but it was time for daily Mass. And so I went into Mass, and it was incredible. It's, it's, the Lord definitely um, works um, in mysterious ways, but he, he knew what I needed. And the readings, the gospel reading for that day was from John 14. And as soon as the priest proclaimed it, it was, peace, I leave you. My peace, I give you. Not as the world gives you, do I give it to you. Do not let your hearts be troubled or afraid. And I just almost melted in the floor. I was like, thank you, Lord. Like, that is what I needed. And he knew I needed that. And I needed that, um, that time in Mass and that time with the Eucharist and that time with our Lord. And um, it was just like... Um, you know, kind of reigniting me to keep going for the week. 
so I encourage you to just to take time, whatever that looks like for you, um, to kind of rekindle and, and regroup. Um, but to, to talk about this, I want to talk about the Wheel of Fortune of life. And I don't know if you've ever seen this, this picture of the Wheel of Fortune. This is the, I'm talking about the, the medieval Wheel of Fortune, not the game show. But it's very similar to the game show, The Wheel of Fortune, where the wheel is spinning and you never know where it's going to land, right? Like it could land on bankruptcy or it could land on like the $5,000 slot, like whatever. It's the same thing with this Wheel of Fortune of Life that these medieval people came up with. Um, you may even have seen it in churches. It's, it's a very beautiful um, depiction. It's a wheel. It has a king at the very top, and at the bottom of the wheel, it has a pauper, like, and he is being crushed by the wheel. And then, of course, on the right side, as the wheel is going down, he's, the king is falling. Like I said, at the bottom, he's being crushed. And then at the, on the left side, he's coming back up, like he's making his, his way back to the king again. And it's this, this never-ending cycle of life. Like, you never know where it's going to land. Like, it's always changing. Like, sometimes you're, like, at the top of your game. Like, okay, life is good right now. But maybe next month you're sliding down and the weight of life is crushing you. You're like that pauper at the bottom, right? And so I think it's just a great depiction of life. It's God tells us that we're going to have times of suffering, we're going to have times of great joy and abundance and some in, somewhere in between. We're, we're going to be falling down. We're going to be coming back up. So the good news is, you know, if you're at the bottom, the wheel of fortune is probably going to change at some point and you're going to be back up at the top. But when you're at the top, uh, don't get too carried away with yourself because you're it's probably going to go the other direction at some point. So the wheel of fortune is always turning. But the point is also... If you're living outside on the Wheel of Fortune, um, on the rim, and Bishop Barron talked about this um, in a great homily. I don't know when it was. It was a, maybe a couple years ago. But if you're living on the, on the rim of that wheel where every single um, action, every single external factor gets you down and affects you and, is, and it's chaos, then that's how you're going to be, okay? So, like, if you're going to work and you have a flat tire, well, that just ruined your whole day, right? Like, you're going to allow that just to ruin your whole day, and you're just going to be at the bottom of that wheel for the rest of the day. But if you are living in the center of that wheel, so in the center of the wheel of the medieval wheel of fortune is Jesus Christ. God is at the center of this wheel of your life. And so if you're at the center, you can kind of objecti objectively say, okay, and, and look and see what is happening on the outside. Okay, I had a flat tire. Well, you know what? I'm going to make the best of it. I'm going to call my friend. They're going to pick me up, whatever. You know, you can objectively look out and see what ha is happening, but you're not going to let, let allow it to affect your entire life, right? And I think that's so important especially in times like this, when everything is very, very chaotic, there's so many external factors that you're having to deal with in life that you stay grounded in Jesus Christ in the center. 
because he never changes. No matter when you're at the top of your game in life, he's still God. He's still the same. Or if you're at the bottom and you are struggling and life is super hard and you have been dealt a really bad hand, God is still the same. God is still the same. And that's where we need to reside. That is our constant. All of these other factors that are going on in your life, they're going to change. They're going to change for the better or for the worse or whatever. They're, they're going to change. So the only constant that you can really count on is Jesus Christ. In Hebrews 13.8, it says, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He is there the same, and he loves you the same every single day, no matter what's going on on that outside rim. He is constant. And so if we allow him to be Lord of our lives, to be the very center of this wheel of fortune that we're living in, if we abide there in the center with him, we can have that peace. We can have that peace. Not as the world gives, but as he gives us. And we can live there in that center with him and not on that outside rim where it is crazy. And I think about it too, um, like I'm on a merry-go-round. Do y'all remember those old metal merry-go-rounds on the playground when you were little? And some kid would get it on the outside on the ground and, and spin it around as fast as they could. And if you were hanging on to that outside rim, you were like flying. You could almost, they would try to knock you off, right? But if you stood in the center of the merry-go-round, like the smart kids would, the smart kids would stand in the center because it didn't go near as fast. And they would not, obviously, get, get um, thrown off. I think about that. If you're in the center and everything around you is going crazy, you're so much more stable standing in the center rather than flying like crazy on the outside of that rim. So I want you to think about that, especially this time of year when there's so many things out there pulling for your attention, so many things happening, so many distractions. Go to adoration, y'all. Go to mass. Go to your prayer room. Stay in your car. Say a few extra prayers. Stay grounded in Jesus Christ. In John 15, 4, it says, Abide in me and I in you. Live there with God, with Jesus Christ, in the center of your life. He is there, and he will bring you that peace beyond all understanding. And that true joy, no matter what is going on, on that outside rim of that will of fortune. If you truly abide in him, he will give you that peace and that joy always. Whether you're at the top of that wheel or at the bottom or somewhere in between. There in the center with the Lord is where you can find that. Have you ever known those people that... Um, in the midst of turmoil, in the midst of tragedy, in their families and in their lives, they still have the unwavering faith and joy and peace. And you're like, man, I want that. How do they have that? How do they have this 
amazing piece about them. And that's how, that is how, because they have the Lord Jesus Christ in the center of their life. And they are abiding in him. That's how they're doing it. And I think that's just a beautiful place to be, especially right now. (laughs) Because I feel like if we keep living on the outside of that circle, the outside of that wheel, and just flying around and letting every little external factor um, throw us off, we're going to look back at our lives and say, gosh, what happened? I was just living moment to moment, letting all of these things affect me. I really didn't get to um, truly appreciate what was happening. When you can live in the center with Jesus Christ, you can look out and see what's going on and take it all in and really see um, the beauty of life and not let it um, affect you in such, um, you know, an external way. Just really uh, take it in and um, take it for um, the beauty that it is. Um, So I hope that helps. I hope that helps, especially in this time of year, but really all all through your life, all through the year, that you can really be grounded and keep Jesus um, in the center of your life. Keep him in the, 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 the center and keep him Lord of all of that. Lord of uh, the good times, the times when you're at the top, at the, the king um, of your life, and the times where you're sliding down, and the, even the times when you're at the bottom and you're really struggling. Know that he is the center, that he is the constant, that he is there for you um, during all of those circumstances. So may the peace of the Lord be always with you um, and that you find that peace and joy um, during this this crazy time. So it's short and sweet today, um, but again, um, this is a crazy mom of five. I'm, I'm right there with you. But I am praying that um, you take the time to slow down, to um, recenter with Jesus Christ, and um, enjoy this time as well. So until next time, welcome home to Southern Catholic.